Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. chapter 19 and 20 tonight, but before we get into chapter uh, 19 and 20, I want to go back into chapter 18 a little bit because I want to give you some idea what kind of a king King Ezekiah was. I want to give you some kind of idea of his character and what kind of a personality he had and how much he loved God. And so here is Ezekiah. He was raised by a daddy that was wicked. He was vile. He brought a lot of sin, sin into the kingdom. He brought a lot of things that God did never intend to be in the kingdom. He brought into the kingdom. And here is Ezekiah growing up in under his daddy's reign, watching the wickedness, watching the evilness, watching his daddy put up idols. Adultery was huge when uh, Hezekiah grew up as a young man. Now Hezekiah, when he became an adult, he had a choice to make. Do I go like and be like daddy or do I make a change? Do I accept what daddy taught me or do I make a change and do other things? Do I move towards God or do I stay in the sin of my kingdom? And Hezekiah, as a young man, decided to rise up and push past what his daddy had taught him. Rise up and push past everything that he saw his daddy do. He decided that as a young man, he wasn't going to be like his daddy. Now, I don't know if you're sitting here and you have had a daddy that he has been messed up. I don't know if you've had a daddy that he wasn't a good man. I don't even know if you have a daddy in your life. I don't know if you grew up without a daddy. But you see, I had a daddy that was a wicked man. I had a daddy that when I grew up, he spoke negativity over me. I grew up like Hezekiah. I had a daddy told me I'd be nothing. I'd be nobody. But I know but the Holy Spirit said, Angela, when I turned to the Lord at 19 years of age, and God said, Angela, you can wallow in your victim mentality, or you can wallow in the way you were raised, or you can rise up and be a woman of God. You've got two choices to make. You can choose the latter, or you can live in your shame. You can live in your guilt. You can live in your past. You can f- live in your family mess up. But I said, uh-uh. I saw my mama and my daddy fight. I saw my mama and daddy. I saw my dad do things to my mom that a kid should never see a kid uh, see a parents do. I saw all of it. So like Hezekiah, I said, mm, not today, devil. You ain't not going to have my life. You are not going to let what my daddy brought into my family follow me into my family. And so I became determined like Hezekiah that I was going to be vicious in my faith. I was going to be fierce in my faith. I was going to be a woman of God like nobody else. I was going to go into the highways and the byways, sir, and I was going to tell people about Jesus. And Hezekiah into his kingdom, he said, oh, daddy, I'm not living like you. 
I'm not bringing the sin that you brought into the kingdom. I am not bringing it into the kingdom. And King Ezekiah came into reign after his daddy. And he made a whole lot of changes. But when he made a whole lot of changes, there was opposition. And you see, when we start to live for God fully, and we start to make some changes, the devil gets angry. And there's opposition. He may bring people into our life to bring the opposition. Or he may bring things in our life to bring the opposition. And so as a here he was making changes, making his kingdom be a God kingdom, making his kingdom to be pure, making his kingdom to be holy. And here was opposition came. And if I don't say names right, please have grace with me. I'm just saying it like I see it. So here we have King Sennacherib, and he is the king of Azura, and he is coming in, and he's making fun of Ezekiah, and he's He's tempting Ezekiah with a whole lot of great things. And he's tempting Ezekiah into making things better for his kingdom. He blasphemes God. And he says, he even tells a lie against our God. He says to Hezekiah, Hezekiah, your God told us to come and destroy you. Your God was the one who told us to come and destroy you. Now let me backtrack a little bit. Here is Ezekiah made a decision to not be like his daddy. You can start playing that keyboard because I'm going to fast forward here. Holy Spirit said this as I stood in my kitchen. There will be people, Angela, that will sit in those pews or in that church that have been carrying shame, that have been carrying guilt. And your past is so messy, you don't know how to get out of it. Holy Spirit, as I stood in my kitchen, said Angela, they're ready for change, but they don't know how to take the step. Holy Spirit, said Angela, because me and God have conversations like that. And Holy Spirit said, Angela, there's going to be people that's going to be sitting in that congregation when you stand before them with my assignment, that even their present is really messy. And God said, Angela, they're living in a victim mentality, that they're blaming everyone. They're blaming themselves for the sexual abuse. They're blaming everyone. They're blaming themselves. They're blaming everyone else. Nothing is clear to them. Chaos is in their head. Chaos is in their spirit. Chaos is in their heart. And Holy Spirit said, Angela, I have come that they might have life. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, you can read it up on the screen. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for what? Plans to give you a future. Plans to give you hope, not to harm you. And Holy Spirit said, Angela, tell them, tell them. I know who they are. You don't need to know who they are, Angela. But tell them, it's time to stop with the victim mentality. It is time to leave your shame. It is time to leave your past. It is time to stop blaming everyone. 
everyone else. You need to be like Hezekiah. God is calling you in all of your messed up past and all of your messed up present. I'm going to tell you, God said, Angela, I want you to tell them that the natural blood that flows through their veins might not identify who they want to be, who they'd like to be, who they desire to be. Tell them that if they ask me to come into their life, my blood will flow through their veins, that they will be my child. They will be an inheritance to my kingdom. They won't have to have that bloodline flowing through them, that past, that shame, that guilt. Tonight is the night. Now, Holy Spirit is after someone in this place. And I said, God, how do I, I'm in Newfoundland. I need you to get how wild this is and how God is an awesome God. That God is a wild God. God is a powerful God. And I'm in my kitchen in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I'm standing there broken. And I'm like, God, but how do I know that someone's going to be in that place that is in the walk in that journey? Holy Spirit, I said, Angela, it's none of your business. I will bring the person or the people that need to be in the house of God that feels like their past has become a part of their present. And they're slowly, they're slowly dying inside and they're taking their garbage and their baggage and they're dragging it around and they're carrying it, their sin and their shame and their guilt and they're saying, God, I don't know if you're real, but I'm tired, I'm tired. I can't carry the shame anymore. You see, folks, I carried shame for a long time. I carried guilt for a long time until Holy Spirit freed me. And I don't know who's in this place and what you're dealing with. But God's saying it's time. It's time. You can't carry this into your future and expect me to be present. You can't carry this into your future and expect my hand to be upon you. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for 20 years. I don't care if you grew up in the church. God is saying it's time. The Holy Spirit also said there's going to be some hidden lies. There's going to be some hidden sin in somebody's life in the church that they look like they got it all together. But when they're home, they're going through depression. They're going through shame. They're going through anxiety and they don't know where to turn and how to handle it and Holy Spirit is saying it's time, it's time it's got to be left behind you got to let it go, you can't drag it into your future, you can't bring it into your future, it will not benefit you, it will destroy you, the devil is a liar the devil is a liar and Holy Spirit arrested me in my kitchen to say tonight is the night tonight is the night and I'm tired I'm tired of dragging it and tonight we're gonna let it go tonight whoever you are I want every head bowed Holy Spirit I have to be obedient every head bowed and every eye closed I have to be obedient I said God in the middle of the sermon or the beginning of the sermon Holy Spirit said Angela have I not come to give life have I not come to give freedom? With every head bowed and every eye closed. The Holy Spirit was talking about hands. I want you to slip your hand up. Keep your hand.
hands up, Pastor Chad, I just want you to have a look. Pastor Melissa only, Pastor Chad and Pastor Melissa, nobody else looking. Maybe you are here and you've known Jesus for a long time, but some things have been happening in your life and you don't know where you stand anymore. Maybe you're saying, yeah, that's me. Holy Spirit just said to me, there's someone in this room, you've been sexually abused by a family member and you've been carrying it for years. And it's time. The shame and the guilt, it's time. Maybe you've been serving the Lord for a long time, but your relationship with him has become a little bit wish-washy. You've been with one foot in the world and one foot out. And Holy Spirit says tonight's the night. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up. If you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before, but you walked into this place, your heart is soft and open, and Holy Spirit's been preparing you to walk into the service, and you didn't have a clue that he was. But yet you're saying, now I'm ready. I don't want to carry my shame. I don't want to carry my guilt. I don't want to carry my past any longer. I just want to lay it down. I'm tired of carrying it. It hasn't served me, and I just want to let it go and leave it. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up. Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the front. But I am going to ask every person in this place to repeat this prayer after me. And if you are here and you fit into either one of the categories that I have mentioned, especially, especially you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and tonight you're saying, I'm ready. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And once you repeat this prayer and you give your life to Jesus, it, it means that you are now a child of God. And for the rest of this sermon, the rest of this service, you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead for your sin that dwells in you, has dwelled in him when he was raised from the dead. So I want everybody, so we don't embarrass anyone, we don't make anybody feel uncomfortable, I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, come into my life. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Jesus, I want to serve you. Jesus, I want to lay down my past. Jesus, I want to lay down things that hinder me. Come into my life. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Come and be my Savior. Come and be my Lord. Jesus, take my anxiety, take my depression, take my shame, take my guilt, take it, God. I can't carry it anymore. I don't want it anymore. Be my Lord. Free me, God. Free me, God. Come on with your mouth, you declare, free me, God. Free me, God. Now I want us to sing the chorus of the Revelation song one more time. And if you are here and in any of that suits you, anything fits you, anything resonated with you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, folks, you don't know it, but there was hands up all over the building because God's word does not return void. When God speaks, he speaks 
place for a reason. And there was hands that went up all over this place for different reasons. And so we are going to stand to our feet right now. And if you gave your heart to the Lord for the very first time, if you asked Jesus to come into your heart and cleanse you, and you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want you to tell someone around you right now as we sing that chorus. Come on, Pastor Melissa. Make sure you tell someone. Holy Spirit always requires action. And Ezekiah was a king who knew what it was to take action. Thank you for you individuals that were obedient. God will honor the fact that you not only prayed it and listened to the prompting and the speaking of the Holy Spirit, but you were obedient in telling someone. Holy Spirit has everything in sequence and order. And if you don't listen to the sequence in order, you just may miss what God wants to do in you. And so King Ezekiah in 2 King 18, we can see that King Ezekiah was a vicious and fierce man of God. That he loved God dearly and that he was determined that no sin would be in the kingdom. And so he stood up for his faith. He stood up for his love in God, for God. And I don't know, maybe you're here tonight and in your workplace you need to stand up a little bit more. Maybe in your family you need to be a little bit more as, like Ezekiah and be a little bit more fierce and a little bit more more bold in your faith with with God. Maybe you've been like me. I, I have already repented before God. In this sermon, Holy Spirit has ripped me apart. He's ripped out things that was suppressed from my childhood that I didn't even know was there, had forgotten it was there. So I do not stand before you speaking anything that Holy Spirit has not spoke already to me and not, has de not have dealt with me already. So uh, maybe you are here and you're like me. You were on your workplace because I have some side jobs. And so I was at my workplace and I was not like Hezekiah. I was not bold in my faith. I was trying to hide who I was. Imagine a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ embarrassed to share. Didn't want anybody to know who I served and the God that I loved. And Holy Spirit quickened me and said, Angela, I cannot take you to the next level unless you stand up and be bold in your faith. And you know what happened when I started to be bold in my faith? My boss who says that she's an atheist is now saying to me, can you pray for me? I'm having some issues. Can you pray for me? She stays extra time after work to talk to me and to tell me about her life issues. You know why? Because I decided I was going to be a Hezekiah. I was going to be King Hezekiah that was vicious and fierce for God. He didn't care what anybody thought of him. He didn't care what anybody said about him. He just knew that his kingdom needed to be a godly kingdom. That his kingdom needed to be a kingdom that was full of the love of Jesus. That flowed with the love of Jesus that flowed with everything about God that everything in his kingdom would speak God would speak God and so as I said before he had to go through some opposition and here we find King Ezekiah in opposition with another king now this king I would consider a bully and he had so much wealth and so many so many armies that were so strong and so he started to mock Hezekiah because he made Hezekiah as a bully. He made Hezekiah give him as much wealth possible uh, without Hezekiah's kingdom going into poverty. 
And so because he gave all of his wealth, the majority of it already to King Sincherib, here is King Ezekiah's kingdom. They're managing, but they're not wealthy. They're managing, but they're struggling. They're managing, but they don't have a whole overflow of wealth. How many of you know what it's like that when you hit opposition, the funds aren't flowing real good? That money is a little bit short. If I told you the financial hell that I have went through since in 2018, some of you would drop to your feet and you're dropped to the floor and go, no, 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 not you. But see, when you go through opposition, it's when Jesus comes in and strengthens you. Because in our trials is when you become stronger. And King Ezekiah has hit opposition against King Sincherib. And King Sincherib is coming with a message. He sent his messenger with a message to King Ezekiah. And King Sincherib said to his messenger, I don't want you to just bring the letter to King Ezekiah. I want you to bring the word from me to the messenger of Ezekiah in the open field. I want you to make sure that everybody in King Ezekiah's kingdom hears this. And as King Sincherib messenger started to read what the message was to King Ezekiah. He started to mock him and he started to say all kinds of things. He said, you know what? If you can get the strongest pit, strongest men in your army to come and fight, I'll give you some horses. If you can get 2,000 of your men to fight me in your puny little army, I'll give you 2,000 horsemen because you know I got all the power and I got all the strength, and I got all that you need. And so he said, because you know what? If you think that the strongest men in your army can fight the weakest men in my army and win, oh, how silly of you, how foolish of you. And so King, as the, here was the start of opposition from King Sincherib as he mocked and mocked and taunted King Ezekiah. And so he, as I said, he lied to King Ezekiah. And the reason he wanted it to be said where all of the kingdom could hear, because he wanted to plant seeds of doubt. He wanted to plant seeds of disunity and dissension amongst Ezekiah's people. You see, you have to understand, King Ezekiah's daddy, remember I said, was vile and wicked, and he was nothing but evil. He brought a lot of evil into the kingdom. But here's Ezekiah. He knew that he had to stand up because he could not let King Sincherib do all the things that he wanted to do. King Ezekiah knew that the God that he served would come and rescue him. It might not look like he wanted it to look. It might not sound like he wanted it to sound, but he knew that the God that he served would come and rescue him and his people. How many of you can say there's a lot of things that you've been praying for and God answered, it didn't look like you asked for. It didn't sound like what you asked for. It didn't even appear remotely what you wanted God to do. But God's ways are not our ways and God's ways are better than our ways. And he gets the last say in what's best for us because he created us in his in our mama's womb. I want to say to somebody here tonight, there's somebody in this place. Oh, Holy Spirit, God's been speaking a whole lot. And I'm telling you, there's someone in this place that you need to be reminded that when you were in your mama's womb, that Holy 
Spirit started to form you and shape you for a greater purpose than you're living out. And God says, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up from your slumber. That your life is too important to plan your death. That God's word says that there is once a time appointed to man to die. That is not my place. That is not your place. That is God's place. And you've been planning suicide. I rebuke suicide off of your life in the name of Jesus. God is saying, get up, get up. Depression will not have a hold on you. Holy Spirit, God says anxiety, get up, get up. All I could hear was get up, get up, get up, get up from your slumber. Get up because you are not living out all that God planned for you and started to create in you from your mama's belly. Holy Spirit. And Hezekiah was face to face with a demonic force in the form of King Sennacherib. And when the letter that was read to his people, that had now been heard by his people, was given to King Hezekiah, King Hezekiah did what he needed to do. He ripped his clothes. Back in that day, they would rip their clothes and put on sackcloth when they were grieving. And the letter and the blaspheme that he received in that letter from King Sincherib disturbed his spirit so much that he ripped his clothes. And he went into the temple of the Lord. And he prayed. And we are in 2 Kings 19. So honey, if you just want to follow along as I'm telling this and following the scripture, you already got it done. You are awesome. And so here we have King Hezekiah ripped his clothes. Because he knew that a lot of things had been spoken to his people by Hezekiah's messenger. He knew that there was probably a lot of damage done. There was a, probably a lot of discouragement seeded into his people. Holy Spirit just said, there's someone you've been causing dissension. Somebody sitting in this place that you've been seeding and planting seeds of discord. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. You know who you are. Almighty God, I rebuke whoever that individual is doing that right now. And I ask, oh God, you would come in like a mighty flood and you would cleanse them of that sin. And so King Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord and he prayed. You see, everything in God's presence and everything in God's word is about sequence and order. Sequence and order. Sequence and order. And if you don't get the sequence and order of God, you're going to miss out. You're going to maybe take a little longer to see the hand of God on your life and on your family. Because everything about God is done in sequence and order. And King Hezekiah 
knew that when he received that letter from this demonic force that I, in the form of a king sent cherub, he received that letter and it disturbed his spirit so much he ripped his clothes like they did back to grieve in that day and his spirit grieved from what he was reading in this letter. He didn't go to man first. He didn't go to the man of God first. No disrespect to Pastor Chad. But King Ezekiah knew to be in sequence and order, according to God's word, he needed to go into the temple of the Lord and go to God first. Some of us, we bring our troubles to man before we even think about going to God. When you get that cancer, uh, you know, you, you're given that death sentence of cancer. Sometimes we're calling right away at the doctor's office. We're calling family members when God is saying shouldn't you call on me sometimes when you have the opposition coming against you like Hezekiah did Hezekiah was told by King Sincherim that he was going to kill him that he was going to destroy his kingdom he was told by King Sincherim that I have everything you need and if you don't listen to me and you don't let me do what I want to do your land is going to be in poverty your people are not going to have any food Hezekiah loved his people Hezekiah loved his kingdom he didn't want harm to come to them he knew that if he didn't do something, if God didn't rescue him, if God didn't show up, that there was going to be some tragic things happening. People were going to die of starvation. People were going to die by the sword. And so all Ezekiah knew, sequence and order, is to go into the house of the Lord and to call out to God first. I have been guilty of it going to man before I go to God. I am guilty along with most of you. But God is saying tonight, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. I'm not doing, I'm not redoing what I've already done. I'm doing a brand new thing. And if I'm going to do a brand new thing, because God does not lie, he's not a man that he can lie and that he should lie. So if, he, if we believe his word, God's word says he's doing a new thing. And if he's going to do a new thing, we have to be like Hezekiah that gets things in sequence and order. We know that when trials and tribulation and opposition come against us, that we need to do it right. We need to go to God. And Hezekiah turned to God and he wept bitterly over this letter and he said God rescue us and then he sent for the man of God how would things be different in our life if we turned to God first and then called the man of God what would things be like in the hospital bed if we called out to God first and then said God for your glory not just heal me, but God for your glory. Hezekiah said, let your fame be known, God, through this situation. Rescue us if you will, but let your fame be known. Let your glory be known. And then he contacted Isaiah, the man of God. And then we have Isaiah. He didn't even show up. So Pastor Chad, you imagine if somebody from the hospital called you. And said, I need Pastor Chad for you to come visit. And you said, just a second, I'll send a messenger with a message for you. Ooh, I can feel some of you already. We're paying him. Mm -hmm. he's, he's getting his check from us. Mm -hmm. How dare he not show up? But Isaiah, the prophet, the man of God, didn't go. He sent a message. 
And he said, don't worry about it. God gave Isaiah a message. Don't worry about it. I know what's happening. I know the blaspheme that's happening. I know what Sincherib is doing. I know what this wicked man is doing. I got it under control. But I'll tell you furthermore. I'll tell you, give you even a little bit more detail, Hezekiah. He said, just to let you know, I got it under control. King Sincherib's going to be dying by the sword. But make the best of it. He's going to die by his own sword. Make the best of it. His own sons is going to kill him. But Isaiah didn't show up. So we see this happening twice in Ezekiah's journey in these chapters. That Ezekiah turned to God when bad news came to him immediately. And he said, rescue me, God. Rescue my kingdom. And then he sent for the man of God. And the man of God didn't show up twice. Now, it would be bad enough if somebody called for a house visit. And you didn't show up once, Pastor Jack. Now, but if he didn't show up the second time, mm-hmm, there'd be some trouble. Is that not true? Let's be real. And so here's Ezekiah. Sequence and order. Sequence and order. He had it right. And then, finally, we see prophet Isaiah, the man of God shows up. And guess what the word was that God gave to Isaiah to give to Ezekiah when he finally showed up. Ezekiah had it right. It was sequence and order. Something opposition comes, you go to God first. Then you go to the man of God. Opposition comes, first you go to God. You cry out to God, rescue me. Then you go to the man of God. Opposition comes, things happen, trials and tribulations. You go to the God first, then you go to the man of God. Sequence and order, man of God. Financial struggles, you go to God first, then you go to the man of God. So then here is Ezekiah. Finally, Isaiah shows up, and I, Isaiah says, story, um, God gave me a word for you, and um, get your house in order, because you're going to die. Can you imagine if you asked for the man of God to come twice and he didn't show up? Then on the third time, he shows up out of the blue and he tells you you're going to die? Get your house in order, you're going to die? Now, what in the world do you think Ezekiah must have thought at that moment? Well, Scripture tells us, Exactly what Ezekiah did. Ezekiah turned into the wall. He wept bitterly, sequence and order. He wept bitterly and he said, God, rescue me. Rescue me, God, rescue me. And God came into the equation once again. Because you see, he already told Ezekiah, even though Isaiah, the man of God, did not come, he already said a word and said, don't worry, Ezekiah, I've got you. I've got your back. You're doing it right. You're in sequence and order. You're not stepping out of my plan. I got you, Ezekiah. And God is saying to some of you that you have been in sequence and order. I got you. Don't worry. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't smell like it. It doesn't sound like it. But I got you because you've been doing things in sequence and order. And now here is Ezekiah given a death sentence and he turns to God. Isaiah leaves the room. Isaiah gets down into the courtyard. I want you to hear me, folks, because now we're getting to the message. 
Because now, here is Isaiah, down into the courtyard, not even out of the kingdom. And Ezekiah turns to God and says, oh God, rescue me, rescue me. And he starts to remind God of the promises that he made to Ezekiah. Now I want you to hear me. Holy Spirit spoke it loudly to me. Some of the people in my church have had false expectations of me. You have been saying that God promised you certain things and it's not biblical. God did not promise you there would be no opposition. God did not promise you there would be no trials. So when you talk to God when you're going through stuff, stop saying to God and reminding him of things that he never did promise you. And you can't know what he promised you if you're not in the word and if you don't know the Bible you don't know what God is promising you so if you're saying to God God rescue me you you didn't you remember that you promised me that you take me out of this I wouldn't have to go through that I wouldn't have to go through financial trial I wouldn't have to go through sickness God did not say that God said I will not leave you nor forsake you that take joy in your trials and tribulations. For it is during your trials and tribulations that you will grow and be strong. Be careful. You need to know the truth of God's promises. Don't have false expectations of the Father that he never promised you. Know your word. And so here is Ezekiah crying out to God and reminding God of biblical promises that he'd made to Ezekiah. And God heard, it says, the scripture says, that God heard his prayer and immediately he answered. Before Isaiah could even get out of the courtyard, God says, Isaiah, he speaks to the man of God. He says, go back to Ezekiah. I'm a, I've already answered. I told Ezekiah that he was going to die, but he cried out to me. He had sequence and order and he was in right order with me. He was doing it right. Go back and tell him I have a word for him. He went back to Ezekiah and he said, Ezekiah, God said he's going to add 15 years to your life. Somebody here, you might feel like you've been given a death sentence. But God says, I'm adding time to your life. I'm adding more time to your life so that you can fulfill what I've called you to do. And Ezekiah, what would it be like if we got sequence and order of our life intact and we were doing it God's way? And then all of a sudden, what would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. The same thing that happened for Ezekiah. God would speak immediately and show up. Now, we were not told what kind of sickness Ezekiah got. He was given a death sentence. It says he was, he was deathly ill. He was given some kind of a disease. We do know that he had boils because God gave specific instructions instructions to the man of God Isaiah to give to Ezekiah. He said, God says he's going to add 15 years to your life. But that 15 years, there's some things you have to do. So when you cry out to God, doesn't mean God's going to answer just like that. You have to put things in action. God requires something from you. We can't sit there and say, God, put $10,000 in my bank account as I sit on the couch and watch Netflix. It doesn't even make sense. That's not the way God works. We know that in order to put faith into action, we must do. Or to see faith take shape and form and fulfillment to come forth, we have to do action. We have to take action. 
So Ezekiah was told by the man of God, and we need to listen to the man of God and the woman of God that God has placed before you. I have no idea why God is giving me this word. I, I know that God's been doing great things in your midst, so I haven't got a clue. But God said, this is, a, this is a message that I have given you as an assignment, and this is an individual deep thing. They need to let me dig out some stuff because I am about to take the region. God clearly told me he was about to take, he was ready to take this region, Pastor Chad. I heard God as clear as anything. You see, when Sincherid, I got to backtrack a little bit, Holy Spirit just reminded me. You see, when King Sincherid was coming after um, King Ezekiah, he was coming out of not just after the kingdom, he wanted all the region. He knew that if he could weaken King Ezekiah, and he could get King Ezekiah's kingdom, he could get the whole region. And you you see, when demonic forces come against you, they are coming not just for you. They are coming for your family. They are coming for your church. They are coming for your community. They are coming for your region. I don't even know how far this region goes, but Holy Spirit said, let them know that uh, that demonic forces that's been having a hold over their life, it's not just on them, that they've been after the family. I don't know who you are, but you've been feeling some darkness in your family, and you don't know how to break it. And here's where the sermon comes in, folks. Here's where what God said. I'm calling you to be like Hezekiah. I'm calling you to be a curse breaker. If I could have that picture that the chains, I don't know where my media person is, but when you get back, if you could put the chains up there. God is saying, I'm calling you to be a curse breaker. I'm calling you to be a chain breaker. And when we said, drop all of this, leave all of this, you know, I could easily, I could easily break some of this and I could just leave a little bit still attached. If I leave one little link even touching the other, that still has power. I can still drag it around. Even if it's attached just a little bit, I can still drag it around. It's still attached. God says, you have to make sure there's no link attached. Oh, sorry, honey. That there's no link attached. That not even the remotest little piece is attached. God is saying, break the curse off of your life. Break the curse off of your family. Break the curse off of your generation. Break the curse off of your church. Break the curse off of your community and your region. Holy Spirit has said, I am coming for this region. I don't know why God is choosing this region. You'll have to forgive me. God just speaks things and I have to listen. God says, I'm coming for this region, and I'm preparing a people that is willing to be in sequence and order with my word. If the church does not step into sequence and order, I cannot move in this region. Holy Spirit said there is demonic forces in this region that will not be broken by fasting, will not be broken by only prayer. But it must be broken by you as individuals breaking the demonic forces and the curse off of your family. You wonder why your family's in poverty? It's a demonic curse that's been put on by your ancestors, that's been put on by generations before you. And like Hezekiah that decided, I'm not letting my daddy's curse, I'm not letting my daddy's decision bring hell into my life, into my present, and into my future. You gotta get a spirit of Hezekiah 
Jeremiah that come up on you that say, I am called to be a curse breaker. There will be no link, not even a little bit of the link will be attached. So God can come in and not just cleanse me, not only free me, but he can free my family, my church, my community, and my region. Church, this, I know this is heavy, but I'm on an assignment. And so here we have Hezekiah. God gave him direct instructions. I'm going to heal you in three days. Everybody said three days. days. Now, I work with children for 24 years. And one thing I always said to the children, when I say something, you say it back to me just like I said it. Same tone. If I danced, if I stood on my head, I'll say you said it back to me. So I want you to say it back to me. Three days! So here we have sequence and order. King Hezekiah is told by the man of God. When the man of God speaks, listen. When the man of God or the woman of God speaks and they said they've heard from God, listen. You might not like it. It might not sit well with you. But listen. Because your ways are not God's ways. And God knows all things. Some of you are squirming in your seat. You're very uncomfortable with some things I'm saying. Holy Spirit, dig deeper, Holy Spirit. Dig deeper, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, no demonic force will have reign in these prisons. Ezekiah was told by Isaiah the prophet, God said, you need to get ointment out of a fig tree and you need to put it on the boil. Sequence and order. Sequence and order. God could have asked him to do anything. But God specifically said, do this thing, do this thing and I will heal you. So he put the ointment, he obeyed, he put the ointment on Hezekiah. Or Hezekiah put it on, they made the the ointment, and he put it on, and he was healed. He was given 15 years. But God said to Isaiah, the man of God, tell him that on the third day, he's going to get up, and he's going to go to the temple of the Lord, and he's going to be healed. Everybody say three days. Now I got to get my paper because God spoke specific things on this. And I don't want to miss not one thing God said because Holy Spirit, he's so amazing that I don't want to miss anything. And so scripture tells us that then Holy Spirit, or God said to Isaiah, he said, now I want you to tell Hezekiah that how this is going to go, how this is going to go down. I just gave you 15 years, extra years. He said, and here's how things are going to go. He said, in the first year, you're going to eat what grows, only what grows up here by itself. He said, then in the second year, you're going to eat what springs up from that. So it's going to be a repeat. There's going to be a little bit more that's going to spring up. And that's what your kingdom is going to eat. That's what your people. He said, but the third year, everybody say three. Three. I want you to hear there's a significance, a biblical meaning to the number three. And then the third year, you're going to plant crops. Everybody said, I'm going to plant some crops. Oh, you guys are good. Pastor Ashley, you got them well into the children mode. And so you 
It says you're going to plant crops, but you're not only going to plant the crops, you're going to harvest. Everybody say amen to that. You're going to harvest. And then he says, you will tend vineyards and you're going to eat fruit. He said, then he said, didn't end there, it gets better. Oh, I'm sorry if I get really excited because this is like in my spirit leaping. He said, you who have escaped, you've, you've survived the turmoil. You've survived the demonic forces of kings and chariot. Those of you that have survived the tough times and the trials and tribulations and the storms. Those of you that have survived and you are going to take root again. Everybody say, take root. You are going to take root again. That means that at one point, they were already rooted into good soil. And something came into the kingdom and made the soil bad. And so, but God says, on the third year, three again, you are going to not only plant and harvest, but you are going to eat fruit, good fruit. And you're going to be rooted in good soil, in your own soil. And then it gets better. It says you are going to flourish and multiply everybody say multiply and it says not only that it says then there's gonna whoo then there's a group of my survivors that have weighed the storm they got through the tough times then there's gonna be a group of you you're gonna spread out and you're gonna enlarge your territory do you know that March month in the spiritual realm is an enlarge your territory month I don't know there's all these things that if you dig into the word you find out about but when I was doing research I found out that March month is enlarge your territory month and I thought oh God at the end of the third year you're not only saying they're gonna plant again they're going to harvest, they're going to fulfill, they're going to be multiplying, but they're going to take root again, and then they're going to enlarge the territory. Can you imagine if your church starts to enlarge the territory? March month is enlarge the territory. So I'm saying to you folks, by the power of the Holy Spirit, just like King Ezekiah, God said, just pour into them. They need to rise up and be Ezekiah. They need to be fierce in their faith. They need to be bold in their faith. They need to say no more sin in my camp. No more sin in my life. No more hidden sin. No more shame. No more guilt. No more mentality of, oh, Holy Spirit. No more. I'm going to say to you now, someone in this place, fear has made you run. Every time things get tough, you run. You take off like a flight mentality. And you take off running. Because you don't want to deal with opposition. You don't want to face the tough times. God says, stand your ground. It's stop running. This is the year that you are to stop letting fear take over you. You are to deal with what you've got to deal with. You've got to deal with your garbage. You've got to deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with. Be an adult. Be mature so you can move into the next level. And now, here we are. We're in the third year. But then it gets better. It says the passion of the Lord Almighty is going to make this happen. What does that mean? It means God's zealous love for his people is going to make all of that happen. That's what the word of the Lord was to Hezekiah. And then we get to the third. Oh, when I got to three, whew, it was like something leaping in my spirit. And I just got to look through to make sure I did not miss anything. And so when God said to the Israelites, he said, 
I'm going to free you. He sent Moses, the man of God, and he sent him to free. And here were the Israelites. They were in the wilderness. A trip that should have took them only 11 to 12 days to get to the promised land. It took them 40 years to get to the promised land. Half of them didn't even make it to the promised land because they died. Something that should have took them 11 to 12 days took them 40 years. Why? Because when they got into the wilderness, a God that had already freed them from bondage, a God that had already freed them from their baggage, a God that had already freed them from their garbage. Here they are in the wilderness complaining about God, complaining about the man of God. How, what do you take us out here to die? And here they missed the sequence and the order. And I'm saying to you tonight, do not miss the sequence and the order. That God told Hezekiah in three days, you will go into the temple and be healed. On the third year, you are going to plant and harvest. And God is saying to you, you are in a season of enlarging the territory. You are in a season. There's somebody in this house, actually there's multiple people in this place, that in three days, in three days you are going to see something happen. I don't know what it is. God didn't tell me that. But in three days, there's somebody you've been asking for something. You've been asking God for months and weeks for this. And you feel like nothing is happening. But God is saying, if you get things in sequence and order like Hezekiah did, in three days, you will see my favor. In three days, you will see my blessing. In three days, you will see the favor of God like you have never seen before. Now, I don't know, Holy Spirit just said, there's someone in the house, you come to this church on a regular basis, but you are not in sequence and order. You are not paying God the money that belongs to God. I don't know who you are, but the Holy Spirit just said that as clear as anything. There's somebody that's out of sequence and order. You are robbing from God. You are robbing from God. You are robbing from God. The money does not belong to you. And God's saying, give me what belongs to me or I cannot bless you. The curse of your past, the curse of your decisions will follow you. You need to give to God what belongs to God. So wherever you are, I challenge you. I plead with you. Get in sequence and order because God does not play around. God is in a season. He's not playing around. He is ready to move. He's ready to take your region and he's wanting you to be in sequence and order so his power can be revealed. Are you ready, church? I don't know. Are you ready, church? And so here we have the third day. What is one thing that comes to your mind that happened in scripture, the three, the third day? Shout it out to me. Right. We've got the third day resurrection. Hope and life happened in scripture. We got the third day. God said, Hezekiah, you're going into the temple and you're going to be healed. On the third year, you're going to flourish. On the third year, things are going to flourish, multiply, be rooted and planted. And a whole lot of great things is going to happen. But listen, there's more. On the third day, he said to Hezekiah, get up out of your bed and go to the temple. God, as he said earlier in this message, Holy Spirit, so faithful, how he orchestrates everything. Somebody on the third day, you need to get up. You need to get up from your sickness. You need to get up from your despair. And you need to go to the temple of the Lord, which is here. I don't care if you have to call Pastor Chad and say, Pastor Chad, it's the third day. 
I need to go to the house of the Lord. Can you open the church for me? Because I need to get on my face at the altar on the third day. So where this is Sunday, we're going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Somebody, as I'm saying this, is leaping in your spirit. On the third day, on Wednesday, you need to call Pastor Chad, and you need to say, i got to come to the temple of the Lord. i got to bring it before God, because I know something is about to happen. I don't know if God's going to break something off of me. I don't know if he's going to break it off my family. I don't know if I'm going to take back territory. I don't know if I'm going to enlarge territory in the spiritual realm. I don't know what's going to happen, but on the third day, i got to come into the temple of the Lord. Anybody, you in your spirit, you can just say amen right now. This is a good time. Just say amen. And then the third day we had Jesus rise from the dead. The dead. But in the number three biblically, hear this, folks. Three biblically represents divine wholeness, completeness, and perfection. I'm going to say it again because you didn't get it. Number three biblically represents divine wholeness completeness and perfection now we got the number three it's the attributes of god omniscient omnipresent and omnipotent three in one here's the number three again then we got number three symbolizes the pro oh, listen to this number three symbolizes the principle of increase and growth expansion manifestation abundance on all levels number three everybody go number three God is up to something in your house tonight, Chad and Melissa. God is up to something. He's preparing something. We might not see the manifestation here tonight, but God is saying three. Let it leap in your spirit, three. On the third day, on the third year, for some of you it's going to be the third day. For some of you it's going to be the third year. For some of you it's going to be the third month. But God is saying it's going to come. Things are going to come. If you get in sequence and order. It's up to you, not God. If it doesn't happen in your life, it's not God's fault. You need to check yourself. You might say, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm giving my tithes. I feel like I'm doing all the right things. But if things are not going what you've been praying for, you need to get on your face and say, shine the spotlight on me. I'm going to tell you, when I was preparing this sermon just two days before I came to Ontario, I came to Ontario on Thursday. So on Tuesday, as I stood in my kitchen, and I prayed to, I preached this to the walls. I preached this to the furniture. Everything in my house is now a Christian. Everything in my house is now now they got the number three embedded into them. I've been anointing my doorpost. I've been anointing my baby girl's room. She's 20 and she's not serving Jesus but got the call of God on her life. I've been doing it all. And God said to me as I stood in my kitchen and as I prepared on Tuesday and I'm preaching, Holy Spirit, stop me in my tracks. And he said, Angela, you want the third in your life. You want the third day, the third year, and the third month. But there's something that I got to dig out of you. God reminded me when I was five years old, something that I'd suppressed in my spirit of some kind of sexual abuse. And Holy Spirit said, Angela, you gotta be a curse breaker. You gotta be like Hezekiah. You gotta break the chains. Every link gotta go. And he said, Angela, there's a link of sexual perversion in your family, and it's gotta go. And he reminded me when I was five years old of something that happened, and I had suppressed it and forgot about it. And Holy Spirit said, I cannot move you to next level until you be 
become the curse breaker, and you, until you become the chain breaker, and until you break the spirit of perversion over your family. And so I've been breaking it. Oh, I've been making sure there's no link left. There's not even a connection of the link. And I'm saying in the name of Jesus, devil, you might have come for me. You might have come for my baby girl. You might have come for my family. But oh, you might have come for my community. You might have come for my church. But it stops here. It stops here. It stops with this girl. It stops with this woman. It stops with this believer of Jesus Christ. It stops here. Is there anybody in the house that you're saying, it stops with me. It stops with me. It stops with me. It stops with me. No more sin in my camp. Mamas, grandmas, you need to get some anointing oil. You need to get some anointing oil, and you need to anoint the doorpost. You need to anoint your baby's pillow. Your babies are having nightmares. Where do you think the nightmares come from? They are nothing but a demonic force attacking your babies. You get the anointing oil out, and you anoint that pillow, and you anoint that bedclothes and say, not today, Satan. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my baby. And then you go around. You anoint every doorpost, every entrance to your house, and say, you're not coming in devil there's not one place you're gonna have that belongs to me and you know when I was younger I'm not gonna tell my age I almost told my age downstairs to the leaders twice and I asked the Lord to forgive me so I'm not gonna tell my age but in my younger years of traveling I used to bring youth teams with me I used to bring I'm trained in theatrics so I used to bring theater teams with me and they would do all kinds of things. And so I remember in my younger days bringing these youth teams. I would train them how to fight in the spiritual realm. I would teach them how to get on their hands and knees when we go into a church. And they'd go through the aisles and they'd go through the platform anointing everything. I remember those days. I remember doing that. And God is saying, bring it back. Bring those things back because it's time. We are doing, we are going to do new things in God. And it is time. And if we're going to new, do new things in God, we need to get things right. And we need to start anointing ourselves. I don't know, Pastor Chad, if you think I'm a little bit crazy, but talk to God about it if you do. I don't apologize. But I'm a believer of anointing myself. I don't need to be in a church and my pastor anoint me. I have anointing oil on my counter all the time. And I'm anointing myself every single day. When the, the lakes, my friends, they don't know I've been doing it, but up in my room, I've been just anointing my head. I anoint myself with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let there be no harm come to me or my baby. In the name of Jesus, I declare prosperity. I declare health. I declare abundance in every area. And I do it every day. Because of sequence and order. And so here's Ezekiah. He's in sequence and order. And here's where I want to end. I'm going to have the worship team come back, please. And so here's Ezekiah. He has now been freed from sin cherub, king some cherub. King some cherub, it did happen to him just as Isaiah said. 
prophet Isaiah, the man of God, gave the word that King Sincherid would die by the sword and his sons would kill him. Exactly what he said did happen. His, his two sons came and overtook him and used his own sword to kill him and end his life. And even though, here is Ezekiah, he's saying, okay, God, I give you everything. I turn to you first and foremost before I turn to anybody else. Here is Ezekiah. He has been given 15 extra years out of a deathly ill deathly sickness he's been told that he's going to die and God says I will shine my favor on you King Ezekiah who loved God with everything in him King Ezekiah who declared that his kingdom would be godly and holy and would not have adultery in the kingdom but we can read on if we read on into maybe 21 I believe it is chapter 21 you don't need to put it up but into chapter 1 I believe uh, I believe 21 talks about when his son King Manasseh takes over reign King Manasseh's son was full of sin that brought the kingdom backwards. You see at the end of Ezekiah's reign, and this is a warning from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit spoke this so loudly just last night. So or yesterday when I was spending time with him. Holy Spirit, I did not even see this in the scripture. And yesterday as I was going over the word, uh, Holy Spirit said, Angela, I need you to give them a warning because even though they choose to be the curse breakers and the bondage breaker, I just want you to put the chains up on the screen, please. And even though I'm calling them to be that, or even though I'm calling them to be in sequence and order, I am warning them, be careful of pride. The spirit of pride will hinder what God wants to do in this church if you do not be careful. King Ezekiah had been given 15 extra years and given his life 15 extra years. And at the end of Ezekiah's reign, he let another army, another group of individuals come into his kingdom. And now he had been flourishing. Now abundance was flowing. Now everything was going good in Ezekiah's kingdom. The people were excited. They had all kinds of things flowing that was good in their kingdom. Everything was going wonderful. But then Ezekiah got prideful. Hezekiah got a little bit prideful. Hezekiah the curse breaker. Hezekiah the chain breaker. Hezekiah the man that said there would be nothing that would hinder the flow of God. Hezekiah that stopped the demonic forces in his kingdom got prideful. And he let another army come in and he showed him all of the wealth that he'd accumulated. He showed him all the beautiful things he had. He showed him all the monies that he'd gotten. And the prophet Isaiah said, what did you show them? Holy Spirit, or God spoke to Isaiah and said, what did you show them, Ezekiah? And Ezekiah, full of pride, said, I showed them everything. I showed them everything I had. And Isaiah said, because of your pride, destruction will come up on you and future generations. And we read in scripture after that, King Manasseh, his son, came in and went backward, brought the kingdom backwards to where his daddy had it before Hezekiah came in to reign. And then the son after that came in and he gets sin in the camp just like his daddy did. It took two, uh, two kings before the that, that godly kingdom came back into order by King Josiah. But we can see that pride destroyed what God had built. And Holy Spirit is saying tonight, I'm calling you to be a curse breaker. 
I'm calling you to be a chain breaker. I'm calling you to stop the enemy now. I'm calling you to rise up and be in sequence and order. I'm calling you on the third day, third year, third month, whatever sits in your spirit, that God's gonna do something and you go into the house of the Lord and you cry out to God. You come to God before anyone else. God's calling you for all that, but God's also warning you that when things start flowing in the church, when God gives you the region, as a church, don't you dare get prideful and say, look what God is doing at Bethel. Look what God is doing in our midst. Look what God, it's not happening out at Mississauga. It's not happening in Brampton. It's not happening in Peterborough. But look at us. We're experiencing God. Look at us. Holy Spirit is flowing because God said it will be then that his spirit will stop. I know this sermon is heavy. But if you got anything out of it at this point, I want you to say amen. God loves you so much, he'd speak to a young girl in Newfoundland in a dream and say, that's where I have assignment for you. How much does God love you? How much does God have planned for you? It blows my mind. I can't even comprehend it. I'm like, God, you have chosen them. You have set them apart for such a time as this. You're calling them to be fierce and vicious Christians. You have a plan that we can't even comprehend. You're doing a brand new thing. You're going to do it in their midst. But let them not get prideful. I have people, as I said, all over the country praying for you. I've told them my sermon. They know it. They know. They've been praying specific things over you. And they feel like they're a part of it. They feel like, man, when revival comes, I got to go to Bethel. Why can't God choose this church to start a revival that goes across our country? Why can't God choose this church to start a revival that people from all over the world will be coming to this church? Why can't God start a revival that's going to be so massive in this church? Pastor Chad, you're going to have to burst out those walls. You're going to have to have so many services on a Sunday because you can't hold them all. Why can't God do it? He can, but you have to be in sequence and order. I want everybody to stand to your feet. I know this is not the typical service where Holy Spirit is flowing. I know this is not typical service where you come around the altar and you have all kinds of emotion. God said this is a sermon that's between me and them. I know it's late, but if everybody could raise your hands in the place. If you are hungry for God, if God spoke something to you in this sermon, it might have only been one thing, it might have been all things, it might have been conviction of something. Maybe you've been holding back from God and God has spoken, give it to me, it doesn't belong to you in the beginning, it's mine. If God has been calling you to step up in your walk with him and be vicious and fierce, maybe that's you. If you are the individual that you've had the spirit of gossip and tearing disunity and discord, then that's you. I want you to repent. God's calling you to repent. He doesn't call these things out for no reason. He calls them out so he can change you, mold you, shape you, and make you a better individual and to walk in his purpose. 
Now I want you to just cry out to God without any music, any, any words being sung, just the music. I want you to tell God what it is. Are you looking for a miracle and you're saying, oh, when she talked about that third day, that third year, oh, something leaked in my spirit. I want that third day to be me, God. Oh, God, I cry out to you. This is your time with Holy Spirit. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Tell Him in your way. We don't need to always have words being sung. We gotta learn to be able to call out to God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Dig deep, Holy Spirit. Dig deep, Holy Spirit. You're getting your church ready for revival. You're getting your church ready. You're getting your church ready. But God, when you're getting it ready, you're digging out things. Oh God, when you're getting your church ready, you mold and shape. You perfect things. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You have been called, church, to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Hear me. I want you, as you worship God, as you cry to God, you have been called as a church. You have been called as a believer of Jesus Christ to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. I need to say it again. You have been called to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You have been called to tear things down that were never meant to be built up. You have been called to break things off, every link, that the weakest link that's still attached, you have been called to break it. You have been called to interrupt what the devil is trying to do. You have been called to interrupt all that dysfunction of your past, all that disruption and that dysfunction that's in your present and that the enemy wants you to bring into your future and God's saying, let it go, let it go, let it go. You have been called. You have been called, church. You have been called. You have been called. Now, Holy Spirit, as we end our time together and Pastor Melissa and Pastor Jet, Chad take the service, Father, I ask one prayer over my friends, that God, that they would allow Holy Spirit to do what you came to do tonight. God, every individual in this place, they're different. They're unique. And just as they are different and unique, God, you are speaking unique and different things to each of them. God, for some of them, they got to let go. For others, they to rise up and be a curse breaker, a chain breaker. For others, they've got to allow you to come in and teach them sequence and order. For others, oh God, you're calling them to rise up and be more vicious and fierce in their faith with you. But Holy Spirit, whatever you are speaking, I ask right now, God, that these individuals, each individual would allow you, oh God, to come in and do the work that you want to do in them tonight. God, and even after they leave this building, God, that they will allow you to continue to work on them, to continue to mold them, to continue to shape them, to continue to form them. God, you are getting ready. You told me clearly. You are getting ready to take this region. But God, you can't have a people that's app in there. You can't have a people that got hidden sin. You can't bring your presence and your glory and your revival to the region through a people that have some things they need to clear up. God, it's not, teach them, Lord, it's not about the emotion. It goes deeper than that. Oh, God, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, you would dig so deep into their spirit that they just can't get enough of you. That, God, there's something inside of them won't settle until they let go of the things that's hindering them.
them and that they allow your Holy Spirit to pour into them and bring healing. Bring, oh God, healing. Bring healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to keep standing if you want to come to the altar. If you were any of those individuals that Holy Spirit spoke to you at the beginning, if you were any of those individuals Holy Spirit spoke to you throughout the sermon, the altar is open as Pastor Melissa and her team leads us in a song. Pastor Melissa, go ahead and lead us. Pastor Chad, thank you for having me. Thank you, church, for having me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for calling me. I just thank God for everything. It's for his fame and for his glory. I hope that I hear in years to come that you guys are so on fire that I pray that when I come back to this church, because I will, whether I come to visit or I come to speak again, I am praying that when I come back, this place is so set on fire that I can't even stand when I come in through the door, because God's presence is so evident. I'm praying that when I come back, I'm going to hear miracle after miracle after miracle from each of you in this place so father god bless them i pray that you seal this word now seal this word by your holy spirit in jesus name worship team take her away i believe that if you have something in your family line that you need to break off tonight i just invite you to take a step forward Pastor Chad, come up. We're just going to pray over those things. If you have, you know, just know, you know what, there's something that I just, I'm not allowing into my family. I'm not allowing into my kids. Maybe it's not even something that you've dealt with, but you know in your family line, your parents, your grandparents, you're just going to say, no more, no more. It's not happening. It's not going to go on anymore. And just as you're standing there thinking, I can't think of anything, here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think of all the moments that you've lost your temper at your kids and went, oh, that was my dad. Oh, that was my mom. The things that you said you wouldn't allow happen, happen. And I want you to know anger, jealousy, gossip, when we think of generational sins and generational curses, we don't have to think huge things. Most likely, if I can just be completely honest with everybody in the room, if you have never done something like this before, you should be at the front right now. Because if you ask Holy Spirit to reveal generational things in your family, it will shock you what he will reveal. Pastor Melissa spoke a couple weeks ago and she said, with the enemy, sometimes we give him too much credit and then there's other times we don't give him enough credit. And you have to realize what he is able to do. But here's the thing, he's able to because he has a right to. And tonight we're just gonna, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. But the great thing is this, The moment that you break these chains, they don't ever have to come back. The thing with chains is when they're broken, you just kind of leave them where they are. Unless, and I don't think there's any good welders in place, so you just kind of leave them there and toss them out. Don't, don't weld it back together. These are chains we don't want fixed. So I'm gonna lead you just in a simple prayer and I want you to repeat after me. 
And if you're in your seats and you're like, I don't know if I need to go forward, here's what I want to encourage you. I understand that you can repeat this prayer in your seat. But there is something about moving to even just confess to yourself, I'm going to go get rid of this. just giving you time to come forward there's more of you and it's just up to you so I just want you to repeat after me father I stand in the gap from my past and future generations. I break off any agreements that I have made knowingly or unknowingly with them. I repent of any and all generational sins. It stops here. I break any right that the enemy has to me and my family in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fill me, my house, and my family. I declare over my house, my family, my children, that we will only serve Jesus Christ. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 